Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. And I'm Diana Sanchez Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Ministries and Director of Music Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. So today we're going to continue our conversation about the resources that we provided on the website. We're looking at Epiphany, an ordinary time that follows Epiphany. I know it doesn't seem like it's time for that yet, but it's there, and people are thinking and planning ahead, which is a great thing. So we want to present those and let you know what's available and how you might approach this series. We titled the series, well, first of all, we have a series, a five-week series that begins on January 7th, and then we have a single Transfiguration Sunday, which is February the 11th. So we'll talk about that, both of those things together. But first, we want to present the series, five-week series, beginning January 7th, entitled Becoming the People of God. The idea is that after all the, the excitement of Advent and Christmas season, that now we kind of settle in and say, what are we going to do with all this? Who are we going to be and how are we going to be? It also has the understanding that this growing into who we're called to be by God is a process, and that no matter how long we've been doing it, we're still becoming the people of God. There's still more to do, more to grow into. So we begin, as I said, on January 7th, and once again, we're combining epiphany and the baptism of the Lord. They kind of crunch them together. Otherwise, we're doing epiphany way back in December, before that, in order to get them both in. So we we just lay them side by side, and we find that that works fairly well for, for most folks. You can decide whether you want the emphasis to be on the epiphany, the celebration of all of that, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, or on the baptism, the entry, the coming into the community of faith that that Jesus was acknowledging by submitting to this baptism, all those sorts of things are, are in there. But we're presenting the themes, and what we decided to do in this series is look at the Hebrew Scripture passage and the Gospel and try to pair them together and ask some questions about back and forth and how they complement and, and talk to one another through all of that. So that's what this series is about. So the first week, we start with our Genesis passage and our beginning of the Gospel of Mark passage. And the title is, And There Was Mourning. Hmm. It's, it's about this launching, this new idea. It's a new day. And even though we're coming into a season that we call ordinary time, and sometimes that feels kind of ordinary after all <laughs> of that, we all know, of course, it doesn't mean ordinary in the sense that we usually use that term, but, but it does feel that way sometimes. So now we're saying, okay, who are we? And who are we called to be in this? So we follow that up with the story of Samuel in, in the temple and, and the title of the, of the next week, January 14th, is Your Servant is Listening. 
We also pay attention that this is Human Relations Day, Martin Luther King weekend, and all of those important questions about how are we going to live out this faith? Are we paying attention to God in our daily lives? Are we hearing that voice calling us to grow and to go and to be the church that we're called to be? Human Relations Day is a, is a powerful event when we choose to recognize it, but it's also challenging and somewhat dangerous to ask us to reflect the kingdom of God somehow in how we decide to be church, both within the walls and then within the wider community where we live. Then the, the third Sunday is called A Second Time, and it's from the Jonah passage where it begins with, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I love, <laughs> I love that idea that God is patient with this whiny <laughs> prophet called Jonah. And after all of the excitement that Jonah goes through at the beginning of the book, then now he's, God says, okay, let's try this one more time. <laughs> Take it from the top, Jonah. You know, so it's same song, second verse kind of thing. And then we compare that with the story in Mark's gospel, Mark 1, 14 to 20, with Jesus calling the disciples. And, and Mark says immediately, because that's his favorite word, he has to sneak that in a number of times in each chapter, I think. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And so throughout this week, we're asking the question, where are you? Are you, a, God's got to be patient with me, I got to be told a number of times, are you ready immediately to jump up and, and do what God has called you to do? Mm -hmm. And then we follow that up. The fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, which is January 28th, now we're coming to the end of the month. The title we've given to that one is called Among Your Own People. And this is a story from Deuteronomy about Moses needing help, calling from among your own people, we're going to raise up leaders. But we also look at the fact that sometimes the hardest people to get along with are the people closest to us. And we have these conflicts within as well. And we talk about some of our struggles. We're at the end of January. We've got General Conference coming up. And so all these things are kind of on our minds as we think about how we're going to live together as this family, this body of Christ, this community of faith that we are called to be both with those who have stayed and with those who have left, all of those kinds of things are a part of what's behind our contemplations here. You don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time dwelling on that issue directly, but it certainly undergirds some of our thinking as we're putting this together. What is happening among our own people? Can we acknowledge those who help to lead us as well as get along with those with whom we might be in conflict from time to time? And then we finish this series in February 4th with a title, With Wings Like Eagles. And so this is a great opportunity for us to sing the song, you know, people <laughs> raise you up, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But we also spend a little time thinking, what does that mean exactly? Those who wait on the Lord, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? How do we wait without being complacent? How do we wait without being inactive? All of those kinds of things come. Those are Advent kinds of questions, you might say, but they continue on as we focus mm -hmm. into that. So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? And then what does it mean to be lifted, to, be, to rise up with wings like eagles? So, so we have all kinds of things that are going on here. It's asking us to think about the nature of the community that we are and that we are becoming. Where are we leaning in? 
Where are we looking for transformation? Where are we stepping back? Where are we confessing? Where are we being honest with mm -hmm. ourselves? Where are we exploring what the possibilities are? In some ways, this is an inward-looking series as we think about the community, but always it's how, what kind of community are we going to be in relationship with the wider world as well? Mm -hmm. It's never only an inward look, but it's an inward look so that we can examine then our outward interactions and our ministries as they go on. Mm -hmm. And it, it just seems like this, it's a good time of year to do that, you know? Yes. Yes. Rethink, reevaluate as we begin a brand new year, 2024. Mm -hmm. I always love that we start with the reaffirmation of baptism because it right. just feels like, oh, yes, Whew, we get to start an, anew again. Mm -hmm. But what you just said, Derek, that the nature of community that we are becoming, that whole we, that corporate. So it's not me as an individual, how am I going to start my year? But how are we going to start our year as a church? Right, right. And that sometimes that requires us to go back to basics. There are aspects mm. of this that may feel like, here we are again, right? Here, <laughs> here we are again at the baptismal waters. Here we are again with the disciples being called. Here we are again with Jonah. Here we are again with Samuel. Like these are in some ways, I think that some of these stories at least are more familiar. Here we are again mm -hmm. with Isaiah's words that didn't we just hear those a few <laughs> weeks ago <laughs> in Advent? But there's my hope is that we're also inviting us everyone into a really refreshing, here we are again. I'm not learning the new thing. I'm practicing the thing that we've that that God has been guiding us towards, and that practice deepens my approach and refreshes us for the year that's to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think both of those things are an essential element in in focusing on this series. Both of those things in terms of joining as a community, moving away mm -hmm. from the individualistic. This is what my plans are. Here are my resolutions for the mm -hmm. new year. But to, mm -hmm. here's who we are together. But also then that practice, what are we going to do together? And mm -hmm. so any way we can rehearse that during worship to mm -hmm. prepare us for, for living out in the world can help help us move a few more steps down the road a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how does liturgy help us move into that, Lisa? How do, how do we <laughs> practice <laughs> what mm. we're hoping to become? <laughs> yeah. You know, I... When I was thinking through what, like putting my worship planner hat on, right, and thinking through not just the liturgical resources, but the worship planning notes and the graphics, one of the things that I kind of was reminded of that, you know, in the daily, weekly life of the local church, I f feel like I sometimes forgot is there's actually a lot going on in Epiphany. It's just, and in the season after Epiphany, it's just not the same scale as Advent and Christmas. And so it can feel like, a, oh, I just need to, like, my organist shoe, my organ shoes need to go in the closet for a minute, and <laughs> I need to take a deep breath and everything. But actually, I found myself kind of renewing my energy for, oh my gosh, what opportunities we have in Epiphany. You know, this first Sunday where we're scrunching together Epiphany and Baptism of Our Lord, what an opportunity to let ritual guide the way. You know, it's a day where it's both communion and please, please, please do reaffirmation of baptism. Yeah. Because 
how many opportunities do we have or do we take maybe (laughs) during the liturgical year to actually return to the baptismal waters and remember our baptism in the same morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you worship, that you're also coming to the table together to share the bread and the juice. And ah, I mean, that is bringing together two really essential rituals that identify who we are as Christians individually and shape us as a community. So, I, you know, no, no offense. I think the preachers have their moment in this, but also let the ritual, you know, sandwich sandwich the sermon in between some really mm-hmm. intentional ritual and also some really exciting visual elements. One of the things mm-hmm. I talk about in the worship planning notes throughout this series is thinking through the kind of the flow that baptism of our Lord and Epiphany Sunday, yes, don't put away the white pyramids. You still need them out for one more <laughs> Sunday. But, oh, we can start bringing in the greens and the blues, kind of preparing our minds for ordinary time that's to come, but giving that impression of flowing water, of a little bit of gold to catch the light, because we are also, you know, you might read the scripture from Genesis 1. If you do the reaffirmation of baptism, you will hear again the Spirit hovering over the waters in the liturgy. Like, what an opportunity to let the visuals and the liturgy and the scripture and the sermon all weave together so well. But then the next week, we've got Human Relations Day, which is, as we kind of talked about, it's an opportunity for listening. We've got this Samuel passage where we say, you know, speak Lord, your servant is listening. And so part of part of what I want to encourage us to think about is how we move out of baptism of our Lord and Epiphany into Human Relations Day, where we take up this offering. But we're also the offering is the first step. The the acknowledgement of Human Relations Sunday and the ways that we liturgically bring in an honoring of Martin Luther King Jr. or the whole era of the civil rights work that is still continuing in many places and still needs to continue in many places. The offering is just the first part. How are we going to use worship to listen, to confess, to respond to God? And so I want us to think about, and and I, I hope that you'll find some resources to think about how Epiphany and Baptism of Our Lord being still White Pyramid Sunday, and then you've got Ordinary Time beginning with Human Relations Sunday, those actually connect together, that there's a flow between that we flow out of baptism into listening and action as two things that work together in worship as rehearsal, yes, but rehearsal to go out into the world and be people of listening and action. So using the liturgy, using our visuals to remind people of, you know, Use, use the greens. Use ordinary mm-hmm. materials from your local environment. Even if it's bare and snowy <laughs> and rocky and there's nothing green outside, find the things that are symbols or are, are earthy materials that are your local context so that when people see it, they also remember the call to listen. And, and I think we can keep talking about it, but I think those two Sundays, for me, help us flow into what I see are other things that we rehearse in worship throughout this series, which is the next week is call and response. God calls and calls again. But, and in mm-hmm. our 
our work is to respond and to recognize mm-hmm. that we create, as you'll find in the worship planning notes, we create music with God in our responding. It's not just God commanding, it's God inviting us to participate in the work. So using the liturgy to create that call and response feeling as a rehearsal. And then to work, move into discernment that among our own people is about discerning the gifts and the assets that we have. And so how are we acknowledging those in worship? How are we celebrating what's already happening and asking God to help us discern what's bubbling up to the surface and the the things that God is calling us to? And then with Wings Like Eagles, the last Sunday of this series, February 4th, I really want to lift up one liturgical resource that was especially meaningful to me. In the liturgical resources, you will find a prayer of confession, and it's entitled, We Live as Those Who Have Never Heard You, a Confession. It's by Sophia Fosua. You can find it also in the Africana Worship Book, Year B. And she, you know, at first you're going to go, Lisa, Why? Why did you pair this with Isaiah? And what I think is so beautiful is it's actually in the the assurance of pardon portion of this liturgy that she calls to us and uses Isaiah's words from Isaiah 40 that we can trust in God and be strengthened even in even and maybe especially in our confession and then we turn to one another she has us turn to one another and say trust in the lord and be strengthened and so i just i found that to be such a beautiful almost encompassing of where i part of where i see this series going liturgically mm-hmm. which is turning us towards god but also towards one another and reminding each other that we can trust god and that god is bringing us together and binding us together mm. wow that's I just love all those thoughts that you had there. And I, I would you talk a little bit about the the prayer of confession, assurance, and pardon that what you're doing with that, Lisa, now in the liturgical resources? Absolutely. So I I will confess that I I will confess that I have really strong feelings about confession. But one of the reasons we have begun offering a prayer of confession every week in the liturgical resources. There's a few different reasons. One is for our congregations who celebrate Holy Communion every Sunday, the part of our Holy Communion liturgy often includes a time of confession and preparation. And so we want to provide a prayer of confession that is contextualized uh, for that particular Sunday that connects the scriptures so that the sacrament itself finds greater rootedness in what has happened and is not in the service and is not somehow separated out from it. The other thing about that is confession can sometimes, you may hear it and be like, this is the time when I have to tell God and each other how bad I have been. But I think I really want to encourage us to approach confession and assurance as this communal act of telling the truth And then hearing the truth of who God is in response, which Mm. is that you're going to hear about this at another time from us. We'll keep repeating this, but (laughs) God's response to our confession is steadfast love. Mm. 
That's what it is. And so prayer confession, if you choose to do that every week, I want to encourage, it's not just about saying, God, this is how bad I have been. This is how I have sinned, or this is how we have sinned as a community. That's only one half of it. It always also needs that assurance of forgiveness, because in that is the assurance of God whose love never fails and never ends, even when we are struggling and we are causing woundedness and suffering for one another. And I think that falls into what Derek was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. How do we practice becoming Mm -hmm. the people of God in this series? And one of the ways we practice is by getting into the habit of confessing more frequently. And and that sounds sort of strange. I mean, if you're you're a Roman Catholic, it is not a strange thing. (laughs) But for us Protestants, it's like, well, like you said, but it's not not Holy Communion. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. But I know there are many United Methodists who feel strongly that a service should start with some some opportunity for people to be in a communal confession. Mm-hmm. And as you said, to then receive the words of assurance and pardon and then proceed there from there. So mm-hmm. I think it's a lovely thing. Certainly the, the weight is on the, the response from God, but it's also a moment of honesty. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not a groveling kind of I've been terrible and recounting every every mistake you made, but it's just a moment of honesty that says, I struggle, you know, and I've made bad choices and I've avoided other choices that I should have made, you know, all right. of that kind of stuff. Things we've done and things we've not done. All, right. all It's just being honest. And, and it's only when we're honest that we can receive what God is offering to us, that we can then enter into the whole experience of, of worship. And That's we right. come to bring our real selves. And so let's let's mm-hmm. face our real selves for a moment. Right. And I also really want to encourage that if you're thinking, okay, but I always bring confession into Lent, and Lent is the season where we do confession, that's wonderful. Maybe start a few weeks early so that your people don't only associate doing confession during Lent, but can have an epiphany and a season of epiphany experience with it. Or continue it into Eastertide. You know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't fit with your rhythm to do it every Sunday, I completely understand that. But when we only do it during certain seasons, then we only kind of get a certain character of mm-hmm. lament and, an, and, a, and a certain sense of it. And if we're actually rehearsing our, our life together with one another and with God in worship, well, not our lives go through lots of different rhythms and they're not always lent rhythms and so <laughs> getting uh, getting that sense and I'll also name it's been very important to me as we curate these prayers of confession to bring in multiple kinds of voices and I think that that's in- incredibly important because other voices help us recognize what we're not even noticing yet about yeah. what we need to confess mm. Mm, what what point. also is fascinating is how many times we sing a confession because mm-hmm. there are lots of hymns that, that mm-hmm. are prayers of confession, mm-hmm. at least at the beginning, and, and bringing mm-hmm. us to that. So so by drawing some attention to that as well, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not used to a prayer of confession, then then let's lift up a hymn and let's draw yeah. people's mm-hmm. attention to what they're at. Sometimes we just sing stuff and we don't even know what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Derek. <laughs> maybe we should stop and think about it for a minute. That's the mm-hmm. preacher. We got to look yeah. at the words. 
And you can you can find a topical index in the back of any of the songbooks that you have, and you will mm-hmm. find the listing of confession, pardon, and assurance. Mm-hmm. So look there to see what you can think about for again for a theme. And you know when I put together the the music resources for becoming the people of God, I did not have a thematic hymn or song or. Uh, service music. Sometimes I do because the theme really lends itself. These Sundays in January leading into February are so individual. Each one has such a specific focus that it was really hard to find one thematic Mm -hmm. hymn or a couple of hymns that I could suggest for you. But just speaking now about this confession, maybe that's the thematic a thread mm. for all of these Sundays. So think about that. I don't have that for you, but like I said, you can find that for yourself by looking in the indexes. So as I was thinking about becoming the people of God and this first one, and there was mourning this uh, the Sunday after Epiphany, the, the day right after Epiphany and the baptism of the Lord, certainly we think about water images. We've already mm-hmm. talked about that. Things like take me to the water, which is in worship and song. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, worship and song. That's right. Uh, water, river, spirit, grace is another one. And that's a shorter piece that, again, can be used as uh, recurring music in the liturgy, Wade in the Water, another beautiful Mm -hmm. one that can be sung as people come forward to touch the water or Mm -hmm. however you have people moving at that time. And of course, something like I Sing the Almighty Power of God makes a great opening hymn. So be thinking about some of those things that are the songs that you sing in your church that are meaningful, that draw on the theme of water and cleansing. And as I said, also with praise and also maybe with confession. The second Sunday, your servant is listening. I lifted up some like, Lord, speak to me. Mm-hmm. God is speaking. That's one in worship and song. The, the cry of my heart, the faith we sing. And because also it is Human Relations Sunday, there we have such a beautiful selection of African-American hymns. Guide My Feet would fit well into that. And there are many more. Precious Lord, take my hand and so forth. And, you know, Lisa, as you were talking about this Sunday and visually, <laughs> I had such a, an image in my mind of, you know, decorating the altar table or an area beside it with the different ways we listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything from the tin cans with a string <laughs> to headphones to earbuds, just kind of drawing people into that curious place of, wow, what is this about? Mm-hmm. You know, listening. So, anyway, that just came to my mind while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> On the next Sunday, a second time, oh, I love this one. Oh, God beyond all praising, mm-hmm. Thaxton. Is that the, is, is, is it Thax? Thax something. Thax did. Oh, such a good mm-hmm. hymn, uh, hymn tune. And that's in the faith we sing. It's so majestic mm-hmm. and stately. Again, if you have a small choir, maybe that's their anthem for the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, and then you can do more familiar things like trust and obey is one that fits well. There's a, a couple of songs from other traditions, Tu has venido Lauria, Lord, you have come to the lakeshore, which reflects the Mark theme. Yeah, the Mark scripture. Mm-hmm. And Som la Dela, which is a mm-hmm. song from Africa, We Will Follow. Again, really beautiful. And that one is in the faith we sing would be, again, really 
a wonderful, I'm sorry, it's in worship and song. If you need a song for the youth choir to sing or the children, they can they can handle that. And that would be a really good way to introduce it to the congregation. And of course, the summons mm-hmm. is a wonderful one about following. How am I going to follow? Among your people, this is January 28th. So your own people, among your own people, Lord, speak to me. So again, still keeping that speaking idea theme from the previous week. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, mighty to save. Some some ideas there for you. And then the final week, with wings like eagles, of course, as Derek mentioned, <laughs> and I will raise you up on eagles' wings. So that we have that refrain in our hymnal. It's number 143. You can find the verses in other resources which are referenced. And if you go to hymnary.org, you can find some references there where you can find the verses, but that's a great one to have the congregation join in the refrain part. And I've even done it with, with some movements, and, the, and God will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, so your hands go up to the sun. I mean, this you can make it so beautiful here and interactive with those who want to do a little bit of liturgical movement. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, turn your eyes upon Jesus. So, In all of these weeks, I give you some things that are familiar, but some things that are more contemporary, still found in our our basic books, The Faith We Sing and Worship and Song, which are the basic ones beyond the United Methodist hymnal. And then some things that might challenge you in terms of things from other languages. Mm -hmm. So I know we're always looking for some of those things for our choirs to sing, or if you're you if you have an interethnic uh, a group, your congregation has many languages. It's wonderful to sing those mm-hmm. as the congregation as well. Mm-hmm. So those are some of my thoughts on the music. Mm. Part of what we're trying to say and and to encourage you, worship planners, worship leaders, is trust your people. Mm, to yes. be able to make yep. connections and to do more than you think. You know, for example, back to January 7th, oh, we can't do both communion and remembrance of baptism. Once. That's just too much. No, it isn't too much. Trust your people <laughs> to go with the flow, to see the connections. Trust your people to see the beauty in the simple things that you present to them. Mm-hmm. Trust them to, to get on board with the whole mm. flow in that. People are ready for more than we sometimes think they are. Mm-hmm. So let's let's help them do that. Let's stretch them a little bit. Worship ought to stretch us mm-hmm. a little yes. bit. Let's sing it in Spanish, even though I stumble <laughs> over the Spanish every time I try to do that. But but it's worth trying just yes. just mm-hmm. to hear, just to be stretched a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which which is a perfect segue into <laughs> the, our transition Sunday, February eleventh. Mm-hmm. The title of it is Crossing Over. We're crossing over from ordinary time into the season of Lent. We're crossing over thematically in lots of different kinds of ways. And we're also crossing over and bringing in some other voices to be heard. We invited a, a young man to, to write the preaching notes for this trip. Lisa, do you want to tell us a little bit about, because you worked more closely with Trip than, than I did. So talk about Absolutely. Trip and his excitement about doing this. 
Yes. So uh, Reverend Tripp Golich is a provisional elder in the Alabama West Florida Conference, and he's currently a pastoral resident at Highland Park UMC in Dallas, Texas. He recently graduated from Perkins School of Theology with an MDiv, is currently working on another master's degree at Perkins. So I am a resident of Dallas, so I get to see Tripp a little bit more than everyone else. But we also <laughs> really appreciate Tripp's voice, not only as a a student who is highly gifted at writing and also deeply committed to study and bringing that out in his work. But he's also a Discipleship Ministries board member, and he knows our work, and he knows very deeply cares about all of us who are in worship planning and worship leadership and knows kind of the the weight and the importance of, of what this resource is. So I was so pleased to get to work with him in this process and to get to dig in with him and I know, Derek, you may want to say more about this, but man, Tripp and I sat there and we were like, how do we make Elijah work for Transfiguration Sunday? There's something here, but how do we make it happen? Well, that that was what was amazed me when, when he submitted the work. He covered all the scriptures. He just went through them and tried to mm-hmm. say, here's what's here. Here's some possibilities. Tripp did a great job of pointing out some things. It's yep. not a... It's not a sermon that you can just take and use. You have to do some creative work here to pull it out and say, where do I want my emphasis to be? Where do I want the focus of both the, the sermon but also the service as a whole to be? Mm-hmm. And, but he gave such great seeds, some great ideas. And what comes through in all of his writing is the enthusiasm he has for the faith. Transfiguration okay. in a lot of places may not be a, a big deal. It's it's one of those things that, oh, okay, we'll just blip over that and get ready for Lent. But it's <laughs> an opportunity for us to stop and get ready for all that is coming in the season of Lent and then Easter yeah. and uh, the season that follows. And and I think Tripp did a great job of preparing us for that if it would seize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that I really appreciated that he brought out about this is in both in both stories, in the story of the transfiguration and in the story of Elijah handing over the mantle to Elisha and being taken up in a chariot of fire, we we can get kind of distracted by the spectacle mm-hmm. of those moments. And I thought Tripp did a lovely job in his preaching notes of making us really sit with the uncomfortable parts, the uncomfortable part of what it would mean for Elisha to be left with right. a mantle to carry, the uncomfortable part of the disciple. You know, Peter says what he says about let us build the tents and all of those things. That that probably came out of a level of discomfort. And here we are also in a time of, in the liturgical season, and we might argue also in the United Methodist Church right now, we're in a growing pains season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. liturgically, transfiguration it feels a bit like growing pains because as as difficult as the lessons of ordinary time leading up to this may feel at times, there's a familiarity there that is not nearly as uncomfortable as having to start moving towards the cross in Lent. So Well, it's it's also transfiguration happens to somebody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. It happens to Jesus. And mm-hmm. we reflect it and we look at it and we understand it, but it's not us. Our transfiguration comes later, and so yeah. so what's happening? There's a sense of the unknown, and part of Peter's discomfort was, 
I think on the mountain was saying, let's just hang out here. I, I don't want to have to figure out where we're going next. Let's just yep. stay here. Let's pitch a tent and and dwell in this moment. And Jesus says, no, no, we're coming back down the mountain <laughs> and, and we've yep. got a world to face. We've got we've got responsibilities, we've got opportunities, let's we've got a journey to take. Yep. And and so we don't know always what's next. Things are happening around us sometimes. And That's we've right. got to embrace that. And, and move into that. So yeah. so we, we're we encouraging you to really make use of this Sunday, you know, whether you use the resources that, that we provided or, or do your own thing, but see it mm-hmm. as a marker mm-hmm. that says, here's an opportunity for us to, to both take a pause, but also be overwhelmed by the awesomeness of the God that we follow and, and trusting that there's a plan and a purpose and a direction, even when we don't always see it. So that mm-hmm. we can then take our next steps as we move into the season of Lent and and figure out what that's going to be for us, even though we don't have all the answers yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think liturgically thinking through like, this is probably the last time you're going to pull out your white and gold pyramids. Mm-hmm. That's something that your congregation does. It's certainly, we start moving into the shadow of Holy mm-hmm. Week from this point. So even as we can be really critical of Peter for being like, I want to stay here or Elisha and be like, Elisha is quick clinging to Elijah. Mm-hmm. I think there's also, they are showing us something about ourselves as humans. So giving us an opportunity in worship to, to bask in that, not in the knowledge that comes from the transfiguration or from Elijah being taken up, that God is still powerfully moving among us, that there is this light and this love and this glory that we are moving towards with Jesus, that it's okay to sit with that. It's don't make that the only thing that's happening. So let, you know, let there be this joy and maybe throw in a few hallelujahs because you may be putting (laughs) them away for a while, you know. Let, Let that be sustaining for the journey to come even as you're acknowledging the transition, the crossing over, if you will, into the journey that is coming. So maybe what we need, Diana, is a march. Marching to Zion. We're, you know, yes. instead of instead of the oh, fear yeah. about the what may be coming, let's mm-hmm. let's let's take it with with joy, with with passion, with conviction. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of our uncertainty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you as you often say, lean into it That's right. lean <laughs> instead into of it. instead of turn around and, and run the <laughs> run other direction. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, I was looking at my notes for this Sunday, and there were just a whole lot of things to reference with Elijah <laughs> from <Yeah>. our hymnal. <laughs> so I, I sort of decided to focus on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and so turn your eyes upon Jesus. Uh, we all mm-hmm. love that one from our United Methodist hymnal. And then he is exalted. So that's a more modern one from the faith mm-hmm. we sing. But steal away to Jesus, which is an African-American mm-hmm. spiritual that can be sung slow and very intentionally, you know, it it can be used Mm -hmm. in many different ways in a worship service. And then from the Hispanic tradition, you you alone are holy, solo tu eres. And it's also in the faith we sing, speaking about the holiness of 
of Jesus and and lifting Jesus up in that sense. So those are just some of the ones that I suggested for this Sunday. Again, knowing that contextually you will figure out what is best for your congregations. But as we said, this is the last Sunday that we generally sing alleluias and we put them away during the season of Lent and bring them out again on Easter Sunday to just increase the celebration of that day. And Mm -hmm. I know in some churches, they'll take little bells and go bury them. And that's a symbol for the alleluias, burying the alleluias, and then bringing them back and perhaps making them into a bell banner or bringing in a bell banner on Easter, reflecting again that going from burial to to now being present among mm-hmm. the congregation. So yeah, I think this is always an interesting Sunday as a as a music planner mm-hmm. because you have to be so forward looking into what's next and then beyond that while at the same time always making sure that you are caring for your congregation as what they sing will help them carry this crossing over into the season of Lent. Mhm. Mhm. Well, if you're still listening, <laughs> I hope you got a sense of something of our enthusiasm for yeah. even ordinary time, and I hope that you'll be able to embrace all of that. We want to thank you for, for joining us today and hope it's been helpful to you. And remember always that you can find more information as if there was more information than what we just put together in this podcast. But there's more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. And so we want to also tell you what you think. So, or you tell us. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to email us or contact us and let us know. But until next time, we'll be praying for and with you and your congregation. So may God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.